Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And today we have for you Texas. This is Brandon here, wearing his alligator boots and all, but I'm sure you can't see that. And this is a session that he did telling some stories of what he's learned around partnering with God at work. Uh, when he was the VP of franchise development with a company called Neighborly, huge company, and now he is the operating partner of Princeton Equity Group and the author of a book called The Business Revival, which is also super, super encouraging. So I'm just going to go straight into this, and I trust you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. All right. I know there's some Texans in the house. I love it. Come on. Come on. So get your pens and your papers out, and we're going to start with a couple things. One, being from Texas, I probably should have a translator, but that's not, that's not going to happen. So if I say get, that means go. If I say giddy up, that means come on, right? If I say fixing to, that means we're about to do something. If I say y'all, that means you guys, you guys. So as Andy said, I am Brandon Hare. Uh, I currently now am a partner at a private equity firm that all we do now is we buy out franchises. So we own about 19 different franchisors. Uh, so my job in this is to partner with the two founders. So I got to put my money to work uh, that God had blessed me with. But one of the things that I have been in and seen God unfold is this is his story. It's not my story. This is his story. So Papa, I pray as we start this morning that you would comfort the afflicted and you would afflict the comfortable today. Papa, I pray that we would feel James 4, 6 through 8. The Lord opposes the proud, but gives grace and favor to the humble. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. The word of God says, the Lord opposes the proud. So, Papa, this is yours. I give it to you. In the original Greek, antitasos, which means the Lord goes to war with the proud. I do not want the Lord of hosts going to war with me. It's yours. It always has been. It always will be. It's yours. Amen. So as Michelle got us all fired up, talking about the leaven out and about, I get to tell you guys a little story about a piece of leaven that God allowed me into. So prior to putting my money in this private equity firm and becoming a partner with a private equity firm, I was senior vice president of the largest franchisor in the home service space. That means that only the CEO and the CDO were two guys who could fire me out of 1,200 employees. We had 5,100 franchisees. That's franchisees, not locations. 13 different countries, 18 different service verticals, did $4 billion in system-wide sales, had over 1,000 employees. Multi-campuses. And God was up to something. And God was up to something. So I want to go back in the story. So as we heard in the case study earlier, I was also a child of YWAM Kona. Got to serve in China, was there for their mega DTS, which they were testing out, meaning you had to go a little bit longer. So I was there, and when I was there, a friend of mine comes. He's an Australian pastor. And he comes in the morning at 4.30 in the morning, and he says, hey, mate, God's going to do something great with us this morning. And I was like, he's not going to do it right now because it's 4.30, right? <laughs> like, I just, need, I just need you to know, bro, he's not going to do it now. And he's like, no, he is. Let's go. So we wake up, and we get outside in the cold, and he goes, all right. I'm like, what's that? He's like, I don't know. We had to pray to figure out what God was going to do. I'm like, you woke me up to stand outside. It is minus 20 degrees, and when God's going to do something. Okay, come on. So we pray, and what does God do? He leads us. Turn left, okay? Turn right. I see a picture of a train, okay? Get on the train. Where are you supposed to go? I don't know. We get to the ticket counter. We slide the ticket across, and the guy goes, 
get off on the fifth stop and just follow the people. I'd say, what? <laughs> say what? And uh, my pastor friend's been doing this a long time. I am like 20 years old, fresh in YWAM, right? And he's like, this is great. He's like, we are going to be murdered. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We get off on the fifth stop. We follow everyone. We go into this abandoned warehouse. We're for sure going to be murdered. And people start coming in droves. And people start coming in droves. People start coming in droves. I have long hair and a beard at the time. And I am the only white dude in the bunch holding a Bible. Didn't get the memo. And they say, hey, you're preaching today. And I say, what? The Lord says be ready in season and out of season. But he wasn't talking about winter season. It's cold right now. so I stand up on this platform, and I freeze. There are literally thousands and thousands of people, elbow to elbow. You can see your breath. It's so cold. I'm on this rickety platform. My translator stands next to me, and he says, you can go now. Yeah, no, I got that part. I just don't know what I'm going to say. Um, yeah. And so I froze. And I just paused. Holy Spirit said, just do what I say next. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I'm found, was blind, but now. I sang that song from somewhere deep inside of my soul. And the crowd echoed back to me in Chinese. And people just started saying, I want that Jesus. I want that Jesus. I want that Jesus. A thousand people came to know Christ that day. A thousand people came to know Christ that day. But in the middle, in the middle of it, the crowd starts shifting to the left, starts shifting to the right. And this man jumps up on the platform and he shoves a pistol into my chest. And he says, I'm going to kill you if you don't put your Bible down. I look at my translator and I say, you tell him exactly what I say. Bukwai. I'm not going to do that. But there's a God who loves you, and he's the reason you're here. He comes to know Christ. The rest of the building floods on the stage, and I am wrecked. I am destroyed. I am sitting in the corner crying. I go back home, and I thought, I have to be a pastor. I have to be a pastor. I just have to. And then I find out that job's terrible. <laughs> like, why? Why would you want to do that? Like, I like to buy stuff, and you don't get money as a pastor. But I go back home, and so I start studying to become a pastor. And my mom and dad get sick with cancer for the second time. Same semester. I'm taking business as a minor at the time. The small Southern Baptist, Texas Baptist school. I go to my religion professors, and I tell them what's going on. Hey, buck up, buddy. No big deal. We'll be all right. No biggie. We'll be praying for you. I go to my business professors, and they wept with me. To have one parent go through cancer is horrible, Brandon. To have two at the same time, I'm so sorry, my friend. So what did God do? Everything shifted. I am called to be a pastor. And I'm also called to get paid. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I, jokes aside, love our pastors. But I got paid. Uh, so, so I go and I step into business and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go into banking because there's money there. So I start chasing all these things. And this man walks into my office one day and he goes, Mr. Hare, I want you to teach us how to make $10 million. And I laughed and I said, well, Mr. Perot, you know how to do that better than I do, sir. Why don't you teach me? Man who had run for president, who died worth a couple billion dollars, was standing in my office with a friend of his named Calvin B. Peterson. And they laughed and they said, Brandon, we've been to 100 banks in the last 10 years. This is our little running joke. No one's ever given us the right answer. So if you're willing, we'll teach you. And I said, I'm an empty cup. Let's roll. Let's get it. Come on. So these men walked alongside of me for about three years. And I learned so much. And I made my first million dollars when I was 23 years of age. I lost my first million dollars when I was 24 years of age. <laughs> True story. Because the stock market is not kind to the cocky. And I was doing it for me. I wasn't doing it for God. But one day, Ross comes into my office and he says, Brandon, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord told me this a long time ago. He said, God doesn't change. He's after your heart. He wants a surrendered yes more than he cares about anything else. God doesn't need another rich man. And he doesn't change. He said, so when you realize the person staring back at you in the mirror is both your problem and your solution, the whole world will change. Because God does not change. So we're going, we're getting there, and God is doing just amazing things. I end up becoming the regional vice president for all of Wells Fargo for about the Southwest region, run 187 wealth management advisors. God is doing amazing things. And then I meet the most beautiful woman on the planet, my wife, Kristen, who just so happens to be my best friend growing up's older sister. But I met her one day because I hadn't seen her. And I wasn't ready for that woman. But we get married. Kristen is a child psychologist, child life specialist by trade. She works at Cook Children's there in Fort Worth, and I'm working in Dallas, going back and forth. And then we started to have children. Hunter is our first. And so we move home close to Belton and Temple. Kristen stops her job. I stop working at the bank, tried to apply at every single Wells Fargo under the sun, tried the Wachovia thing. Well, we bought them out, right? Went through all these different transitions, trying to make sure I was moving the direction that God had told me to go. You told me to go into banking. Lord, I'm gonna stay in banking. You're blessing my house. I want you to continue. Every single job. Nope, 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 overqualified. Nope, nope. So then I started this company, Neighborly, and I started at the very bottom of the totem pole, the one that I just showed. 1,100, 1,200 employees. I was employee number 1,190, whatever. But God said, just be faithful. So I called, and I'd call Ross, and I'd call Calvin, and I'd tell him, I think God made a mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. We get plugged into our church in Waco, Antioch. And God is doing something amazing. And we want to be a part of it. We couldn't get plugged in. We couldn't get plugged in. We couldn't get plugged in. And so I'm there, and I literally see in the sales department, we had 300% turnover rate when I started. You did not make friends because on Friday, the name tag was changed. It's not a joke. There was 27 sales positions when I started. We had six brands when I started. You guys just saw 31. When I started, we had six brands. Just added our seven. 300% turnover rate. And so I say, Lord, I need you to just send me one. Send me someone. And I have this dream that God puts in my heart of, Brandon, I have called you into business for my kingdom, not for yours. Everybody wants to build a mansion in the sky, but nobody wants to lay a foundation on the ground. And so a few years ago, 
I'm playing football with my son, and the vision comes back again. So every Wednesday, for as long as I was at Neighborly, I thought, you know what? I'm going to integrate my family into this. So every Wednesday, Kristen would bring the boys up until they got into school. We'd have lunch together, and you'd see my guys running up and down the hallway, and I was the dad running up and down the hallway too. But my fourth grader now, Hunter, who's almost 11, comes in, he's in first grade, and Kristen says, hey, you want to tell daddy what happened today at school? How many of you ever had that? Come on. You're like, come on, man. This dude is half me. There is no telling what's about to happen. Like, the good stuff you got from your mama probably went away at school today, I think. And he says, yeah, Dad, when I was playing football with my friends, you know, they, they were just kind of mean to me. And they were just yelling at me and screaming at me. And I said, okay, well, tell me their daddy's names. Give me their addresses. Where do they live? And we'll handle this. No, that's not what I said. But I said, okay, bud. And I was pacing back and forth in that office like a lion. I got home. I hopped out the truck. Hunter's at the front door, and he says, Dad, you want to play football more than I ever have in my life, homeboy? You go get that pigskin, and let's, th- let's chunk it around a little bit. So we go in the backyard, and I start throwing the football. He's catching it. He's catching it. Go deeper. He's catching it. He's catching it. 25 passes in a row, he caught it. Let's start running routes. Catches it. Hey, son, come here. Buddy, when your friends were mean to you at school, what were they mean to you? Well, when I caught the ball, Dad, they were yelling, go, Hunter, go. And Holy Spirit went, I had been playing catch with my son for his entire life. I had never taught him football. I believe our church has been playing catch with our business owners, but they haven't been teaching us how to play football. We're going to move to practice from philosophy. It's time. It's time. So as I start praying for that one person in the fire, God sends me a man who is still a close friend today, who is, now that I have stepped out of neighborly, who is still running our prayer group, which we'll get to in a minute. But I go in, and this man has a Bible on his desk, and I thought, that's a good sign. So I said, hey, man, would you maybe want to, I don't know, get together and, like, pray? Like, would you want to connect, like, you know, maybe before work or whatnot? He's like, yeah. So the guy who'd been firing everyone, the executive vice president at the time, took off on Tuesdays to go work out Tuesday mornings, and he says, hey, let's start praying on Tuesday mornings. I said, dude, that is a beautiful idea. (laughs) It's a beautiful idea. So still, to this day, right, we will meet at 730. This is almost 11 years ago. But I prayed that God would send me another man in the fire. And one of the things that God uncovered through that is inside of your belief, the things you are believing, you will absolutely have to come over the middle lies. There is a lie trapped in the middle of all of your beliefs. So the moral of that story is don't stop believing. Just kidding. So Gary and I start praying. We start praying. We start praying, and what happens? Nothing. (laughs) A whole bunch of it. It actually got harder. We actually made a joke where he and I would say that we were the underground church at Neighborly because of the oppression that came against us. Because whenever we wouldn't make a sale, somebody would say, "Mm, gosh, you probably pray about that. Hey, man, you guys been praying? The guys that sat in the row on Sunday with me. So we start praying, and we start praying, and we start praying, and we're just faithful, and we're just doing it. Like, Lord, there's so many times we want to give up, but rain, snow, sleet, ice storms, snowmageddon, whatever, we showed up. Sometimes guys would pop in a little bit for here and there, and then they would leave. We showed up, and one day, 18 months into this, my friend Gary comes in, and he goes, hey, man, I had a revelation from God today and I need to tell you about it. And this one thing was the catalyst that changed the trajectory 
of everything we had seen. This one thing is the thing that birthed 150 salvations from our company. This one thing was the thing that birthed 250 more salvations from our franchisees. This one thing is where countless number of people who have been healed from cancer in an office building. This one thing was something where Babies were being born. Folks would go to in vitro infertilization and told they couldn't have kids. Husbands and wives would come into our office, lay hands on, prayed for, now they have three children. This one thing, this one thing. And he said, I believe that God wants us to pray. What? What? Yeah, bro, that's what we've been doing. What are you talking about? And he has his tablet out, and he scrolls over to Luke chapter 11. And Jesus had gone to a place to pray. When he comes back, the disciples say, Lord, would you teach us to pray? See, these guys had Jewish tradition. They knew how to, how to pray. They'd been doing it their entire life. But what they saw was he was doing something different. I want you to be real and raw with yourself for a minute. If you could ask Jesus to teach you anything, would it be to pray? You saw him heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on the sea, heal a blind man, the lame walk, the dumb speak. Would you ask him to teach you to pray? No, I wouldn't. I'd want to teach him to do me the cool stuff. But the thing that unlocked was teach us to pray. He said, man, I want to tell you something. He said, how many times have you been around someone and they say, hey, man, would you guys pray for me? Come on, show of hands. How many of you ever had somebody say, hey, man, would you pray for me? How many of you, yeah, would you pray for me? And how many of us have walked away and forgot? Yeah, come on. So the thing that shifted for us is when someone said pray, we prayed right there. Literally, as he finishes speaking, the door opens up and he goes, hey, uh, hey, man, a junior sales guy comes in. Hey, man, um, I know you guys about to do your prayer thing. Like, you think maybe y'all could, like, throw one up for me? Like, I've got this call and I'm kind of on the hook. You know I mean? I just, you know, we're like, yeah, man, for sure. We'll pray for you. Come on in right now. No, no, no. I got a call, like, in five minutes. Awesome. We only need two. Come on in. <laughs> the beautiful thing about a revival with salespeople is it's with salespeople. Come on. <laughs> huh? Come on. You got five minutes? I'll take four. Come on. He comes in the office. We pray for the man. He goes back to his office. He comes back five minutes later, and Gary and I are like two lions ready to pounce on this dude when he walked in. He leaves. We were high-fiving like that was the craziest thing ever. We prayed for a man who asked us to pray for him. Let that sink in for a second, y'all. We prayed for a man who asked us to pray for him. He comes back, and he's like, Guys, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. The guy was actually just calling because he couldn't get the credit card form filled out fast enough. He needed me to send him the form again. Must be a coincidence. So we start praying. We start praying, and we start praying. And I said, hey, man, maybe we can open this up. What happens is God sets me apart and says, Brandon, I have chosen you to be a son in this revival that I'm going to set forth uncover, unlock, and unleash the other sons and daughters. Okay, Lord. Psalms 5.3 says, every morning I lay the pieces of my life on your altar and wait for your fire to descend in the Passion Translation. Papa, I want to lay my life on this altar and whatever is burned up, take it. Whatever stays put, let's get it. So we have men and women coming in and, and praying, and we're trying to figure this thing out, and then we've got just this awkward space, and it's like, okay, so we have more guys coming in. We're praying. We're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? How do we do this? And God drops this in. Brandon, what I want you to do is the same thing you do in your quiet time. Word, worship, and prayer. That's it. Play a worship song. What are you thankful for? What are you praying for? What do you believe in God for? See, the beautiful thing is when we realize it doesn't have to be pretty, right? There's, there's a difference. A teacher told me a long time ago, there's a difference between the prophetic and the pathetic. Don't live in the pathetic. Live in the prophetic. 
The pathetic is your own strength. When you think it's you. So we have this movement start. There's about three, four folks coming in now, and God's doing some cool things. I get promoted to a VP over one of the brands. Company grows, turnover rate's still high, trying to figure this thing out. My teams are going gangbusters, breaking records. I get elevated again. Gary eventually gets elevated again. So what happens with success? People want to know, how'd you do it? What's this thing called prayer? More times than not, salvation would come from someone starting the conversation by, hey, man, would you, like, would you mentor me? Like, would you, would you, like, be willing to sit with me? Like, would you be willing to teach me? Sure. Tell me about you. Tell me about your personal life. When did you say yes to Jesus and everything changed? My good friend Max, who's in the black shirt back there waving. Max actually worked with me at Neighborly. So Max knows these stories. One of the things that Max is so gifted at, and I want to honor Max for a second. One of the things that Max is so gifted at is father and sons. If there are father and sons in here, have that man pray for you. Have that man uncover, unlock, and unleash something inside of you. His friend George, my friend George, George is a man who will pray for you, who will love on you, who knows what it means to be a son of the king. Have those two men pray for you. Side tangent, sorry. So anyway, this is all happening. It's all going. It's all going great. I get elevated to a corner office. All right. I'm getting all the stuff. So a friend of mine comes in, and he is helping me pack. He goes, hey, man, this book, Circle Maker. He said, you read that? No. Why do you have it? Somebody gave it to me. Brandon, I know you. Somebody gives you a book, you're going to read it. Yeah, man, I just hadn't had time. What you talking about you hadn't had time? The book's like this thick. Once again, the best way to start a revival, salespeople. He said, I tell you what. He said, I just don't think you have the motivation. He said, I bet you I can read this book before you this weekend. I said, oh, yeah, I get it. Challenge accepted, homie. I said, I'll bet you 20 bucks you can't, plus lunch. Deal. What? We're talking about praying? A book about prayer and we're betting? Yeah, come on. Get. Get. So I read the book. And as, before he's leaving, he says, hey, by the way, can I borrow your book? No, thanks. Go buy your own. I got a head start. Go get your own. Amazon takes three days. I'll have that sucker done by then. So the book wrecks me. Circle maker. Just, it's an addition onto what we've been doing. Just praying circles around your kids, around your family, around your dreams, around your business. So I started walking around the business. I would just start walking around the building, Right? Some of you may have seen, what's Brandon doing? Earlier before speaking, I was walking around. Why? Because this is holy ground. Papa, I need you to show up. I need you to do what you do. The circle has nothing to do with it if you're not inside of it. So I'm the nut job walking outside in the rain, in the snow. Our business goes from 300 million to 1.2 billion. We went from seven to 15 franchise brands. I get promoted to senior vice president over all the brands. And God just keeps doing what he does. And at this point, we're sitting probably 10 or 12 folks kind of coming through. Guys coming to know Jesus. We're at about 10 or 12. And then, you guys love that picture, don't you? I get a call from HR. Uh-huh, yeah, I heard the, oh. <laughs> Human resources. Hey, Brian, we need you to come down. Now, let me, let me preface this. Running 100-plus sales professionals, you're going to get a call from HR. <laughs> like, it's not new. This is not new to me. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into. I was like, all right, I'll be down there in a second. So I walk in the office. It's raining. I'll never forget the day. I walk in the office. It's raining. I go across the cold parking lot, and I sit down, and my attorney at the time and my uh, head, my VP of Human resources, hey, guys, how are you? Oh, man, it's great. It's a little cold out there. My daddy used to always say this. When someone starts talking about the weather, watch your wallet. So I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? And I said, hey, guys, what we got? They said, yeah, we need to talk to you. We've had a complaint. Okay, who's the complaint on? It's on you. 
All right. <laughs> well, let me take my jacket off. They said, yeah, um, a couple folks came in, a couple guys came in and said that, um, you know, you've been telling folks they have to come in your office. It's mandatory prayer. And now you're senior executive. You're one of the largest shareholders in the company. So you can't be in. I was like, oh, well, that's great because I haven't been doing that. There's no mandatory prayer meeting. None of that's true. Well, can you explain this? And they slide this coin across the desk. There's a coin that one of the guys that was coming in praying had made, and it says Fight Club. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It was the scripture that we had used all the time. We called it Fight Club because that's exactly what it is. We're going to war with our enemy. Every Friday, we're doing it. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a coin one of the guys had, uh, had made. It's not mine. All right. Well, Brandon, we're telling you you can't. I said, hold on a second, guys. Are you telling me I can't pray in my office? Because if so, we're going to have a different constitutional conversation. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 we're not telling you you can't do that. We're telling you, I'm not saying you can't pray in your office. Okay. Because Brandon, we need you to be wise. I said, okay, guys, no problem. I said, hey, real quick. As I was heading out, I said, hey, real quick, uh, I'm going to be praying in my office on Friday. It's optional if you guys want to show up. Come on. Uh, but it's just going to be me praying, so if you guys want to come by, get out of my office. Get. All right. But I went, and if I'm honest, I was bitter. And being bitter, right, it's, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. Right? We've all heard that. But I walk across the parking lot, and this is literally on the day where we're fixing to have prayer. And guys are in my office, and they're all jovial. And I'm looking for my Judas. Like, oh, 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 what's up, fellas? How we doing today? Who needs some prayer? Okay. All right. One of y'all going to need a prayer for a lump on your head. Uh-huh. All right. Who wants a job still? Uh-huh. What's up? How we doing? Good. And Holy Spirit fell on me and said, nope, that's my son. Ooh, you sure? <laughs> that's my son. They are my son. So I said, hey, guys, just give me a minute. I need, uh, I need just a, I need a minute. I'm going to step out for a second. So I go into the restroom, the only place where you can get space uh, with 100 sales professionals, and I start praying. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do, Lord? What do I do? And God had just taken me through the scripture, and David cries out seven times a day, I pray to you so that my enemies will not come against me. So God said, you know, I want you to set an alarm on your, phone, on your watch for 12.06. 12 12.06 is my birthday. And every time that watch goes off, I want you to pray a blessing over those two individuals, okay? So I wanna pause for a second. I want every one of you, if you have a watch, we're gonna set it for your birthday. And I want you to pray for the hardest person in your life to love when it goes off. And I want you to be amazed that when that thing goes off, you're probably standing in front of that employee. You're probably standing in front of him. It's, no, I'm not doing it now. I'm not doing it now, Lord. I'm not doing it now. We'll get there in a minute. Snooze, snooze, snooze. So we're gonna do it right now. Get your phones. Everybody knows where your phone is. Get your phone out. For your birthday, so if, it's, if your birthday's March, right? 308, 1206 December. I want you to set an alarm on your phone. I want you to set an alarm on your watch. Right now. I want you to pray for the hardest person in your life to love or the hardest person in your company to love on or the person you're believing for their salvation. And I want you to be amazed at when that thing goes off. So out of that, I come back. Out of that is something that's birthed, uh, and it's optional prayer. So literally, and I want to pause for a second because HR was actually doing their job. Let me, let me just 100% preface that. HR was absolutely, their job is to protect employees. 
And that's exactly what they were doing. So they were doing what was right. They were doing the service that they are required to do, taking care of the innocent. So God says, hey, optional prayer is birth. So I walked back in my office and I said, guys, I just want you all to know that you're op- this is optional. Uh, you don't have to be here. Um, if you want, if you want to take a break, if you want to step out. So literally every single Friday, I would say that same phrase. It became like the running joke, right? It's optional, ha, 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 right? But God moved. And then I get a call from HR a little bit later, and they say, hey, you got hourly employees in there. They can't be in there. I said, well, don't they get a smoke break? Well, that's different. Is it? Oh, okay. So what happens, we had two services. So we used to call it second service. Guys would come in early before work, go at lunch. So we started a second service, right? You see, you see the connection? The church is the vision, business is the provision, but they both can do both. Oh, are you sure? I'm sure. So I'm there, and one thing that if you will ever uh, come to Waco, Texas, you will know we have these little things called squirrels. I don't like squirrels. I can't stand squirrels. They eat my garden. Just, man, excuse me, Texas, but they are perfect target practice for my three sons. However, however, God says, hey, I want you to be like that. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. He says, I want you to be a man. I want you to be a pest. I want you to be a man of prayer, excellence, strength, and truth. Okay. Excellence. What's that look like? Showing up when the meeting starts at 8:30. You're there at 8:25. Doing your work to the fullest. What does that look like? Strength and truth. Pressing in when it gets hard. Truth. When you're gonna make more money if they just didn't see that typo truth. I used to joke with my franchisees in Canada all the time, and I'd say, you guys have half the promise figured out. What do you mean? I said, well, just give me a minute. Just talk to me for a second. Yeah, what are you talking about, eh? Stick a men on the end of that. What are you talking about, amen? What are you talking about, amen? Come on. There is a promise that's already there that you're probably living halfway. A deep deep dive inside. Are you living in half the promise? Are you living in half the truth? Are you living in half the strength? Are you living in half of the prayer? So in that movement, I started having folks come to me and go, hey man, can I, can I move offices? I'm like, dude, you got a window office. You got a corner office. What are you talking about? You know, I want to move to an interior office because I want to be next to someone I want to pray for. So alarms would go off and they'd lay hands on the wall. Alarms would go off and they'd lay hands on the cubicle next to them. Taking ground for the kingdom of God. Taking ground for the kingdom of God. Hey man, I noticed you moved. Why did you move? Yeah man, I just wanted to be next to you. What? Yeah man, I just, you know, just wanna be next to you. And God did something amazing. He erupted our growth. He erupted it to where we had folks from all other kinds of businesses coming in. Can I just join your prayer on Friday? I want to see what you guys are doing. Our pastor showed up. Pastor Jimmy showed up. He's like, I want to see what you guys are doing. Why? Because the church grew. We had a $10 million building fund paid, not on loan, in cash. Why? Because church is the vision. Business is the provision. They can do both. But when we get this inside of our companies, when people get to feel Jesus in a business where they're going so many hours, something as simple as a salesperson coming in and saying, hey, I took a client out last night. Dude, I I prayed over the meal. I blessed the meal. It was cool. Yeah, man. Awesome. Or, hey, man, I, I, I did that thing where, you know, you know, when we go to lunch, how you always ask the waitress if we can pray for her? I did that. And we had clients in. And then they started praying, and they're not going to buy, but they got saved. Awesome. Why aren't they going to buy? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you do realize. Like, so here's your sales goals. You know that you're missed. No. <laughs> I'm only half kidding. So, <laughs> 
But God showed up and showed off. And then he really showed off. Determination. We had folks who were let go, who were loved well, who still go to the prayer meetings. Ask yourself this. Would you go to a prayer meeting your former boss has? Ouch. Are you loving the people that are hardest to love in your company? Or are you loving praying that they get another job? In Jesus' name. What about the Rona? So God shows up, 1215. Lord Jesus, I pray you bless Kristen Hare right now, wherever she's at. I pray, God, that you would just love that woman and fill her today. Give her strength, honor, and courage in Jesus' name. Amen. 1215 is my wife's birthday, so you guys got to witness it's that simple. We have COVID. Literally, I just now all of a sudden got unlocked, uncovered, and unleashed into homes all across America. Franchisees are piping in saying, hey, man, I can be a part of it. I don't have to travel to Memphis, Tennessee. I don't have to travel to the GTA. I don't have to travel to California. You're coming to me. I'm no longer at Neighborly, and in the last two weeks, I've done six prayer meetings with franchisees. Shh, don't tell HR. Why? Because God's doing something. And so by them coming in, the thing that we thought was a curse actually was a catalyst. And God does what he does. And God does what he does. So then I started challenging folks, hey, whoever pops up in that bubble next to you, why don't you pray for that person? You'll be amazed at how somebody's computer will glitch and the hardest person to love always ends up next to you. You're like, for real, man? For real? Think about that. How many of you are on Zoom calls at all in your life? These days? Oh, weird. Wow. So strange. So imagine... If you said, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? And he pops them next to you. Simple, y'all. Simple. A little business teaching that we do, but it's the same thing in a revival, right? It's called the four no's of business or the four no's of a revival. One, you have to know your people actually dig into their life, actually do life with them. You have to know their goals. What are they trying to accomplish? I had a guy that was so tight-fisted, penny-pension, and his wife desperately wanted to go to St. Thomas. She had wanted to go forever, and he was just so tight-fisted. And I said, hey, man, I'll send you guys if you do X, Y, and Z. He crushed it. And what happened his marriage that he hadn't told anyone about is now being restored. Why? Know your people. Know their goals. Know what they spend their time doing, right? Service industry, most of us will say they're spending their time at the parts house. Get them out of there. Know what they're spending their time doing, truly. Jokes aside. And you'll always know the results. Know your people. Know their goals. Know what they're doing, and you will always know the results. So again, I believe God wants to unlock something today. I believe God wants to take the leaven that we've been given at Neighborly. Now there's 15 businesses in Antioch uh, community that have all started doing the same thing, prayer meetings. There's 30 businesses in Waco, Texas that are having a prayer meeting on Fridays. There's 500 salvations in the city of Waco from businesses that have nothing to do with Neighborly because somebody showed up to a prayer meeting on Friday. I believe that God wants to uncover, unlock, and unleash you today. I want to end with this story, and then we'll do some questions. So I have three sons, Hunter, the courageous, Hudson, the brave, and Hagen Michael, the fearless. Notice I just spoke identity over my son. Remember, your sons need identity spoken over them. 
my oldest Hunter was about four, and his brother Hudson was there. Kristen was out of town getting some time, which 100%, one of the greatest pieces of advice we, we ever got as a married couple was give each other a day off. So Thursdays, Kristen goes, mommy's off duty. She does whatever she wants to do, and she comes home. Daddy's, daddy's got it. Sunday after church, daddy's off duty. One of the greatest pieces of advice we ever got. That one's free. But she's gone, and we have, I don't know the best way to say this, we have a baby blowout. Yeah, uh-huh, with my middle son. And so I'm upstairs, and there's the diaper boxes downstairs, and Hunter's standing there, and I'm like, hey, man, I need you to go downstairs and just grab the diaper box and bring it up to me with Hutsy. I'm handling my business, trying not to call my wife in a panic, like, what do we do? This is nasty. <laughs> and I said, hey, bud, go downstairs, grab the box, which let me preface this. He had done this for me tons of times. So all of a sudden, I hear him losing his mind downstairs. He's about, about four, almost five at the time. Losing his mind. So I pick up his brother. I got naked baby here. And I'm like, well, buddy, what's going on? What is going on? He's like, I can't do it, daddy. I can't do it, daddy. I said, you can't do what, pal? What do you mean? You can't do what? I can't do it, Daddy. The box is too heavy. I can't get it up the stairs. And the Holy Spirit said, now, this is a moment I need you to live in for a second. And I said, Hunter, what are you talking about, pal? I've seen you carry that box up and down those stairs tons of times. I can't do it, Daddy. I said, Hunter, here, you're going to pick up that box and we're going up those stairs. Now you move that box, son. Pick up that box, Hunter. We're going up those stairs. You and me, we're going up those stairs. I can't do it, Daddy. Come on, Hunter. Pick up that box. We're moving that box up these stairs. Let's go, Hunter. Come on, pal. You can do it. Hair men don't quit. This is what we do. This is what we're designed for. We love God. We love people. We change the world. This is who we are. You pick up that box, son. Let's go. Come on, right up that stair, Hunter. Let's go, Hunter. One more stair up. Let's go, Hunter. All right, there you go, pal. Good job, son. That's what I'm talking about. Move that box, son. Move that box. Let's go, son. Come on. Let's go, Hunter Hair. You move it. You don't quit. You don't back down. Let's go. Let's go. Three more stairs, son. You got it, son. Let's go, bud. Let's go, Hunter. Two more stairs. Two more stairs, son. Let's go. Let's go, son. Let's go. One more box. Let's go. One more. We get to the top of the stairs, and my four-year-old wraps his arms around me and says, thank you for believing in me, Daddy. No, I'm here to tell you that you are at the bottom of the stairs, and you have a God in heaven who is saying, one more stair. We're moving that box. One more stair. We're going up those stairs. You move that box. We don't back down. We don't quit. Sons and daughters of the king, we do not quit. Your business is mine. You will not quit. Do not back down. Let's go. One more stair. I believe in you. Holy Spirit. I want you to feel these hearts right now. Feel them. Believe. Unlock something today, Papa. Help us to know that you are Daddy. Jesus, this is our time. It's time for a business revival. It's time for those promises. It's time for those promises, Jesus. One more stare, one more business, one more employee. It's time. One more salvation. It's time. One more healing. It's time. In Jesus' name. So those two men that I talked about that turned me in, I get a call from one he says, hey, man, I've just been praying. I need to tell you I'm sorry. I'm one of the guys that turned you in. Would you be a reference for me? Yes, I will. Because you're a great employee. 
I love the December birthdays every time I do this. Amen. Jesus' name. Happy birthday. A Christmas birthday. And I get a call from another one who's really close. One of my VPs. He'd worked alongside me forever. We'd gone to lunch a thousand times probably in the time we were together. Alarm going off. He would see it. I would pause and I would pray just like I just did. And he calls and he says, hey, man, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, bud. What's up? He said, hey, man, I haven't been in your, like, prayer thing. I've never done that. But, you know, I just want you to know, like, I was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And I said, I'm so sorry, man. He's a guy who would confess to me, I will not hire Christians because they are some of the laziest people on the planet. But he and I walked alongside each other for 10 years. Never came to a prayer meeting. I said, I'm so sorry, let's pray. And I serve a God who's gonna take that cancer out of your body. Let me ask you a question, though. Have you ever said yes to Jesus? He accepts Christ. We pray. He calls me back the next day, and he says, hey, doctors say that it was a mistake with the machine. Huh. How about that? And then he says, and by the way, I'm one of the guys that turned you in. And I'm so sorry. And I say, hey, bud. You know that alarm that goes off on my watch at 12.06? That's for you. I've been praying for you, and you were forgiven then. You're forgiven now, and I love you. Y'all, for healing to be unlocked, and I believe God's going to unlock healing today. Forgiveness is key. Maybe there's some folks that you need to forgive. Maybe there's some... Things Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's right, Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Healing is going to be unlocked today. Mm. Amen. I think we've got time for just a couple quick questions. Potentially. Anybody have a question? It's in the book. It's in the book, yeah. Oh, the quick quick story to that. Um, so get a call from Andy, just awesome, saying, hey, uh, we want some of your books, like, for the conference. And I said, okay, sure. He's like, we're going to pay for them. Just, you know, we're... I said, hey, by the way, like, someone just sent me two cases of books. Like, a vendor had bought them. They were supposed to go to Neighborly to give away to franchisees, but now they're to my house. So, hey, I'm just going to send them out to you guys. Because I believe that God wants to put that leaven in other people's hands. So so jazzed up. Thanks for that, everything. I'm curious, is there anything you do with the Friday prayer group to make it accessible and, and, and inviting to people, non-believers, so that it doesn't just become like the Christian club, but it becomes clear that this is a place for anybody that wants to encounter God? Yeah, that's great. It's a great question. Um, so one of the things I'll tell you, the, the greatest secrets in Christianity is this one, and it's don't be weird. <laughs> don't be weird for weird's sake. Let me clarify that. Don't be weird for weird's sake, because there are some stuff in the kingdom of God. It's just crazy, right? It's just nuts. Um, so I think more importantly than, than that question, right? So we're all, Gary and I were never the guys knocking on the door going, hi, I'm uh, Brandon from Office 723, and this is Gary, and uh, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? Hi. <laughs> Never was I that guy, right? Right? But more importantly, to make it inviting, you, you have to go back to the four no's. You have to love somebody. They have, to, they have to know you care, yeah. They have to know. Like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People would come into a, our, our group and pray with us because they'd been loved on for months, right? And what's amazing is HR literally set me up with this to where I couldn't invite anybody to come. So we just loved on people well. And they would just be like, hey, man, what are you guys doing in there? Like, I saw people crying and people laying on the floor. What are y'all doing in there? It's like, yeah, man, come on in, check it out. 
right? It's optional. It's optional. It's optional. Like, it's a great question. Hi. Um, thank you so much. Um, even just when you're talking about taking your son up the stairs, I could feel in my spirit. It was a, a word from the Father to myself. So thank mm, you. Yeah. Um, my question's around when you were in twenty, when you were twenty-three, and the two older gentlemen came in and yeah. humbled yourself. What did that mentorship look like for three oh, years? It was so good. Uh, those guys just basically walked alongside me, reprogramming simple things, right? Being a pest, like, hey, what does it mean to good, be a good employee? Um, what does it mean to show up on time? You know, I, I think so many things that they would they would tell me is do your work to the fullest. Learn everything that you can. Like you have the Thoreau quote that says, I want to wake up, I want to soak the marrow out of life. Wake up intentionally attacking the assignment that you've been given. Lord, if you sent me on this assignment, then you sent a way before me. If you sent me here, then I know, happy birthday, then I know that you are gonna do some amazing things. But in that mentorship, it was just a weekly thing walking alongside me of, hey, I have a question. Hey, here's a book to read. Let's talk about that. Hey, here's another book, right? How to influence, how to win friends and influence people, right? Just simple, simple business books. And it was just this constant doing life together. What's amazing is it was literally discipleship. It's a discipleship model in business. And so that's, hopefully that answers that question. Just, uh, you briefly told us what you're doing now. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit and tell us what your biggest dream yeah. is for what you're doing now? Sure, absolutely. Um, so now I am a uh, partner at a private equity firm. So a lot of franchisors are owned by private equity companies. So I went from senior executive in the largest franchise, home service franchise, to actually being in the private equity, being a partner in the private equity where it's my funds inside of the fund, right? Um, and so all we do is we buy out franchisors. So now we own 19 franchisors. Um, so the Lord prepared me, even when I was begging, kicking, clawing, scratching, screaming, saying, but Lord, look at all the things we're doing. Like, neighborly, you don't need me to go. And he's like, yeah, get. So God had prepared me for those things, but that's what I'm doing now. One of the biggest dreams I have is literally to see a catalyst, to see God awaken the sleeping giant that is lying here in America. And it's the business professionals who absolutely need to be unlocked. That is 100% the dream that I have, is to see God take what we have seen, to see the playbook, the business revival, to see those things. That's not for me, it's scripture. God just gave me stuff and said, let's go. And to see God move and to watch people step up and to step into their calling and to not be afraid of a hard day at work and to not be afraid of losing an account because you say you love Jesus and to watch salvations come and to watch the church come back to the business professionals and go, how are you doing that? What are you doing? Literally had pastors would come in and go, you have more salvations in your company than we've had in five years in our church. What? It's entirely possible. Let's go. Let's go. So here's what we're going to do. So uh, Brandon had a dream last night. And uh, it just he's been telling testimonies about people being healed of cancer. Where? In a business. In a business. It's cheating. Like, you know the book. Where? In a business. It's not heaven and business if there's not miracles, signs, and wonders that follow. It's the most natural and normal thing. And Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, that, that happened. How do you know Jesus is in a business? People get healed, delivered, saved, and it's profitable, and people love it. It's love. So here's what we're going to do is that dream. Do you want to tell them what the dream was? Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to do this. Yeah, so um, I had a dream that Andy and I were surrounding um, – all swole. Which, by the way, did any, anybody else this is your first time meeting Andy? Did you think he was like this tiny little kiwi? Mm. Right? I did. I really did. I was expecting it. He, he steps up and he's like, hey, Brandon. I'm like, ah, oh, dude. But, uh, so anyway, I have, I have this, uh, this dream where Andy and I are, are wrapping our arms around um, the pastors here at, at Bethel. And I said, I don't know what this means, man. I'm like, we should just pray. And so Andy's like, let's do it. Let's pray right now. He's read the book. And we start praying, and uh, we start praying for healing. We start praying for restoration, and we start praying. And he goes, do you know what's going on? I'm like, no, I don't. So he tells me. So then, so you may or may not be aware that, so his dream was Bill and Benny Johnson. We prayed for them. 
Well, Benny Johnson's going through fourth-stage cancer right now, but he had no idea of that. A business person walks into a business conference, has a dream about a pastor that needs a miracle. Are you seeing this? As is beautiful, and healed to be healed of cancer that knows nothing. And we pray. But then someone else walked up to me, and they say, my daughter's here today because she needs a miracle. Cancer at the business conference. So I'm just figuring this is not just for Bill and Benny, but this is yeah, you guys on. represent that these three days. So who come in the on. room needs a miracle in your body and you need cancer healed? Because we're just going to pray corporately mm-hmm. and we're going to take care of it. Come on. Okay, so there's one. Now, if it's you, one here. so there's a couple here, mm-hmm. there's two here, uh, or there's someone that you are very closely connected to that has cancer. Okay, you stand up around the room and just put your hand up. Hey, Max, George, you guys come up. So just, and I want your hand up just so that when everybody stands up, we're going to get people to stand up and you're a part of this. Everyone sitting down, that means you're healthy and you're a miracle worker because you're in the room and you've been in here for two and a half days. You are a miracle worker. Just tell me, I'm a miracle worker. Yeah, man, I'm a miracle worker. Why? Because I'm dead, but Christ lives in me. No excuses. So you're a part of this. So those that are standing, just put your hand up high. Okay, everybody else who's sitting, I want you to go around them and gently, if it's okay with them, say, could I put my hand on your shoulder? It's fight club. It's fight club time. So, Papa, right now we're calling down heaven. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need your Isaiah 53. We need you right now, Father. We thank you that Psalms 91 is for your children. God, we thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would unlock your healing power, your miracle-working power. I pray healing. Cancer be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are God of one-word prayers. Healed. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we know, Father, that you can. We're asking you do it again and again and again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you that you are the healer. It is your very nature. It's your DNA. And we worship Jesus, the healer. So we declare right now over you, cancer gone now. Cancer gone now. Every work, every effect, every impact, Uh, Every side effect gone now. And we just declare in your life the healing power of Jesus. We just speak life, life. Just join with me. We speak life. We speak life to you. We command every cell that you would be restored right now to the function that Jesus intended. And we just declare the healing power of Jesus made manifest in your life right now. Now, just pray over them. I want you to pray blessing. I want you to pray dreams come true. I want you to pray long life, pray prosperity, well-being, children and children's children and children's children's children, generations. Just speak out loud. Start to declare into their future. Yes, Jesus. I'm getting a sense from the Holy Spirit. As you're being prayed for, Ask God, is there somebody that you need to release? Is there someone, even yourself, that you need to forgive? And let Holy Spirit do his miracle working power in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you for Benny. We lift her up before you. And in this moment of grace, in response to this word about cancer being healed, we want to call it in for her. Lord, would you, would you release not just healing, but release a heavenly airstrike and obliterate it in her body? Every cell of cancer die under the Jesus. power of God, pass out of her system with the waste stream, and leave nothing behind. Lord, your word promises that if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead lives in us, he will give life to our mortal bodies by that spirit. And so we ask you to give life to Benny, Lord, turn the tide of battle this day 
Let it happen for her. And even as we're praying right now at 12.40 p.m., we ask you to let her feel virtue go through her body, that she has a physical witness of healing and she can give testimony that she experienced the goodness of God in her life. Father, let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus, even as you said, as two or three agree on earth in your name, it shall be done. Jesus' name. We just declare it shall be done. Jesus' name. Uh, even Jesus as name. Brandon dreamed this, we just, Philippians 1, 6, we know that God will bring this to pass because we hold yes, you Jesus. in our heart. Lord, we look across this room and see community, community, cells brought back into community, healthy, right community relationship. So we just embrace all that you're doing, and we just say yes. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Michelle was there. But wait, there's more. This is, why don't you put your hands together and just appreciate Brandon. My Texas brother.